0: The one that had adoption was L text had a sudden and very unexpected adoption. And I don't I don't know why. People just like tipping the others on the phone chat side. I very much, I don't like that idea very much, but people really loved it. There are super lightweight channels that do not touch the, the chain. So the magic the best way to scale Bitcoin. Bo twelve is more like a peer to peer thing, like you you paying your friend, not not, not a, uh, uh, it, it's more like a peer-to-peer solution and uh, the your thing is more like a B2C solution. The fact that users can't get paid by the services. Like in the normal field, board, you're a user, you're browsing some content on the internet and stuff like that and you can only send money, you can never get money out. But yeah, we need more developers making more apps and improving the app exist system, making them better. But I think the experience could be better, much better than, than Twitter, Facebook, et cetera.
1: Fiat is a pseudonymous programmer who has worked on a handful of really impactful projects both in and adjacent to the Bitcoin and Lightning Network ecosystem. In our discussion, we started with the work that FiatJoff has done on things like LNURL, LNTXBot, Noster, Poncho, and other projects, and then we got into a discussion about the peer-to-peer internet movement at large, and we discussed value for value as a concept as well. I've also added Fiat Jaff to today's show splits, so if you enjoy this show and if you learn something new, the best way you can show your support is by sending in sats. If you learn a little, send a few sats. If you learn a lot, send a lot of sats. Half go to me, half go to FiatJoff, and thank you to everyone who has been sending in sats and comments so far. Just a quick shout out before we get into today's episode, this show is sponsored by Voltage. Voltage is the industry standard and next generation provider of lightning network infrastructure. Today's show is also sponsored by Zebedee and Zebedee is your portal into the world of Bitcoin gaming. We'll have more from Voltage and Zebedee later in the show. Welcome to the show, Fiat Joff. We've got a lot to discuss today. Uh, we you're working on a ton of different projects in and around the Bitcoin space. Uh, I want to get into LNURL, I want to get into Noster, want to get into peer-to-peer internet, and a bunch of the ideas that you've had in the past shared on your, on your uh, website. But before we do any of that, why don't we start with your background? Maybe you can tell listeners a little bit about how you decided that you wanted to start building on Bitcoin.
0: Oh, I've been a uh self-taught programmer for about 10 years now and i've always like used it like like programmed as a hobby and i've, I've done a bunch of different small side projects and and then I've, i i was always also a libertarian i don't know if i should use that word but an anarchist something like that and, and i got disillusioned with politics I, and then at this more or less at the same time i found I, I had found Bitcoin long before, but hadn't given it the, the proper attention. And then I decided that Bitcoin was the best way to make, like to bypass politics and make the, the world better. Yeah. I don't know if I should go into the politics stuff, but <laughs> but that's it. And then I started doing it. I, I, I realized oh, how I can help this go, this go forward faster. And so I started doing what I could.
1: Yeah. When did you get acquainted with lightning and when did you recognize that that was going to be an interesting uh, platform to build on
0: well I think I think I had tried to do some things with Bitcoin before and it was very complicated I couldn't like I didn't have a good understanding of the protocol and it was very complicated to imagine how I would be able to Treat all the transactions in the chain and scan the chain, and look for transactions. I was thinking about this: in, you know, how, what would, would my program do to do all these things? And it seemed very complicated. And then I, as I was getting back to Bitcoin, learning more, I heard someone mentioning Lightning, and then I, I realized, for some reason, that that would be a better, better way to do payment stuff. And then I tried, I installed uh, LND. On testnet, like before the the first release, and I tested, and I lo- I loved it, the especially the invoice stuff, because I always hated the address stuff. I always thought the address was a terrible idea, like terrible UX. You had to m- make sure you're you're typing the correct address, and it was all oh, very weird. And when I typed the I typed the invoice, I could decode the invoice and see who who it was paying to, and there was no way to, there, there was no way to miss there was no way to pay the invoice to the wrong invoice like that that doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't work like you pay the invoice and that's it uh, like that, right. that, that was the the experience that made me more enthusiastic about planning
1: that's interesting yeah just the UX improvement of an invoice I never thought about it that way but uh, it makes a lot of sense um, So you've worked on, I I don't want to get anything wrong because I know you have a bunch of projects that you've contributed to and you've helped build. Uh, Some of the notable ones are Noster, LNTXBot, LNURL, Cliche, Poncho, uh, and a bunch of other projects in and around the Bitcoin space. Um, Are there any, I want to understand how you decide what projects are worth working on. Are there any frameworks you use to figure out how you should be spending your time? No, no. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just guesswork and whatever I'm,
0: I'm, I'm thinking about at, at, at each moment. At, at, Interesting. With, yeah, it's very weird. In the beginning, I was just... I, w- I would start a new project every day and would never finish any. So I, I, I learned to stick more with a project and get it working first. Try to get it working for but It still doesn't work uh, 100% of the times, but I'm I'm a, I'm more able to get things working these days than a few years before, but that's the that's the framework.
1: Interesting. What was the first project in Lightning that you did get working?
0: Oh, it was one called PiLN. <laughs> PiLN. How do you spell PILN. Uh, it was a uh, a service that that pinned IPFS cont- like files. Uh, after you pay the lightning invoice, and I just took a a node computer and we put a, a hard drive on it and started storing people's stuff on it and receiving lightning payments, and I used the open node open node API for for that. And mm. like, <laughs> but then I, what was that experience like? That was that was my final experience with IPFS and. <laughs> with that i learned that ipfs wasn't going to work at all because it was such a simple thing and it still it had so many problems but yeah that that was the first
1: why do you think that project in particular was there anything about it that uh that made it more likely to succeed or 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 was why was that the first one that uh you know got a bit of adoption uh and the other ones prior to it didn't
0: what do you mean that you asked what projects had more adoption i I thought you had asked what was, was my first project with with lightning That was my first project. It didn't have a lot of adoption like I had like twenty files, twenty people in files on it before I shut it down <laughs> oh I see so
1: that's the first project you completed the one that had adoption
0: Light. was text bot Antics bot had a sudden and very unexpected adoption and i don't I don't know why people just like tipping the others on the phone chat say. So I very much, I don't like that idea very much but people really loved it when it was launched
1: interesting and you had no idea this was going to be a successful endeavor at the time right no yeah I, I, I wouldn't
0: call it successful today but <laughs> but it, 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 it certainly has a lot of users and I think it it in the beginning like it was 2019 and, and like there weren't there weren't very, much, very many lightning projects and wallets, so it was a very strong thing, a very important thing, part of the network at the, at that point. But today it's a very small, really, relatively small thing.
1: Do you know anything about the activity happening on LNTxplot, like any, any of the metrics associated with it today?
0: Yeah, I keep track of some metrics, but I never look at them. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It's not very much compared to other providers that exist today. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Um, I, I would love to get your sense for like the scale of it, though. Like at, at its peak or at its, you know, at its biggest moment to date, are we talking like hundreds of users? Are we talking thousands of users? Are we talking tens of thousands? What's well, what's your tens, tens of thousands? Yeah, tens of thousands. Wow. Okay. So tens of thousands using LNTX bot. Uh, yes. Interesting. Um, so now fast forward to today, um, can you highlight some of the projects that you're spending your time today working on between the, the ones I mentioned, you know, Nostr and LNURL and things like that?
0: Yeah, um, I've been working on the, mostly on the poncho and cliché and the immortal stuff, uh, which are the hosted channels, mostly hosted channels tools that Poncho is the plugin for C-Lightning CLN that uh, prov- allows you to provide hosted channels to clients. The cliche is a is a uh, lightning demo that supports normal channels and uh, actually doesn't support normal channels yet. And hosted channels that you can connect it to the Poncho demo. You can also connect it to the, to the other hosted channels plugin that exists for Eclair. And yeah, and making improvements on that side and experimenting things on that and also Nostr stuff yeah I have, a, I have a bunch of small Nostr projects uh, i've been working on but very everything is going around very slowly uh, going parallel mm-hmm.
1: yeah. i want to get into Nostr in a minute but first maybe we can we can we step back and and help listeners understand what are hosted channels can mm-hmm. you can you help me give me a high level overview of what they are and how they work
0: they're super lightweight channels that do, do not touch the, the chain. So the magic, the best way to scale Bitcoin. But also they are fully trusted. So <laughs> so they don't have any Bitcoin on, on chain backing them. And the client that opens a hosts a channel to a host trusts the host to to not steal the funds. And so but they are they are like a custodial wallet, but they are much better than a custodial wallet because they have Privacy that normal bitcoin lightning privacy that you have on, on normal channels because you, your host that is offering a channel to you only sees uh, an onion like it doesn't see who you're paying and it also cannot maybe if you're having if you using more than one or you can you, you can use like you can have in the same wallet on the same cliche uh, demo you can have a hosted channel and a normal channel or two hosted channels and, and then you can send payments splitting between them Like you split a payment in these three channels, and then your host doesn't know Mm -hmm. uh, the amounts, and that's it. What else? You also have you also have the accountability. You 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 like the client and the host. They they sign the updates for to the channel state, so that the host cannot just claim. The host cannot just claim that your 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 balance is smaller than it was because you have the signature from the host so it cannot if you want to if the host wants to steal it can just run away with the money but it cannot say oh you're wrong i i know your balance is smaller than you think this hmm. yeah some of the these, these are the improvements i maybe i'm forgetting about some other some other improvement yeah
1: so when we talk about a hosted channel, the host in this example is this is this any lightning service provider?
0: Yeah, Who it's anyone. Yeah, it's anyone running. Uh, anyone can offer this 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 service like of of being a host. Hmm. Uh, to, to do that, you would run the the poncho plugin uh, that is plugs to your C lightning. So you have. Your, like You need normal channels to offer your hosted clients the, the ability to send payments out. So the payments go through you and they, they jump into the, new, the other channels as a normal Lightning payment would do.
1: Is there any other incentive for a host to offer hosted channels? Um, I'm trying to understand what other, what other benefits um, might well, accrue to the host themselves.
0: I would get fees from the channel. You can get fees from the channel.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: Yeah, but another another incentive is like you offer to your to your friends and family, and and you don't you you don't see where they're spending their money. On. So if you offer it, <laughs> it, it, which is better than using a fully custodial solution.
1: Yeah, so there's privacy benefits there too. Um, yeah. Do you expect that over time everyone will be using hosted channels over? Uh, custody. Like, if if we break out the current setup of, uh, you know, lightning wallets or or lightning users today, and we say there's custodial and there's non-custodial, do you think that the hosted channels uh, will uh, eat into the custodial kind of market share and and kind of like disrupt that?
0: Well, I think it's hard to compete with marketing people, but. But yeah, I think it will eat a little bit. And I hope it will eat a lot, but I expect it to eat a little bit.
1: And now in the if we compare all three then, we have hosted channels, we have custodial, and we have non-custodial. Among those three then, which do you think will accrue the largest market share among Lightning users over time?
0: Well... I think it will be the custodial ones, but I hope it will it would be the the hosted, the hosted channels part.
1: Yeah. And is that uh, just because of the marketing of custodial, you know, systems that they're just a convenient way to get started?
0: Yeah, the hosted the hosted channels are very convenient, but yeah, they don't have the marketing and whatever. They they don't have a companies behind them to to pump them up. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. I, I don't know about these things. <laughs> yeah, and, and the users would would not like most of the users would not understand the internals of the protocols and etc. To be able to judge, so they would just use the wallet that is prettier. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, I want to understand how how urgent or how um, how important it is for people to run non-custodial or hosted channels on Lightning, um, it, like, is there an issue? Do you see an issue where we have too many people operating custodial uh, wallets or, or using, you know, someone else's custodial wallet um, on Lightning and, and it leads to some, like, catastrophic issue for Lightning users? Or, you know, what, what's the, what's the uh, worst case scenario if we don't, adopt hosted channels and non-custodial setups.
0: Mm. Well, I think I don't I don't think there there will be catastrophes like you The catastrophe like the you you're thinking it would be like a bug in the software that everybody's running the same software and then everybody loses their funds or something like that. Uh, I think that can happen with the both the non-custodial and the hosted. Uh, but it the there are also many risks, many risks with normal custodial providers. I think the the thing that worries me more is the government stuff, like KYC stuff that is pushed pushed into this all the custodial companies. If there there was no KYC, I think Custodial could be much better, and I would I wouldn't dislike Custodial stuff uh, as much as mm-hmm. I do today. But yeah, I think. More people running more custodial providers, even if it's like an bit server or hosted channels provider. I think that's good to spread around the 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 like decentralized the custodians and make it harder for the for the government to to tackle them
1: right i I think that uh this is just my impression from using some of the lightning apps in this space. It feels like a lot of them either have no KYC or very minimal KYC with like just an email or something like that. Um, and maybe this is to do with the fact that a lot of transactions on Lightning are in smaller amounts. Um, do you think that over time, I guess there's two parts to this question. will Will Lightning begin to support really large payments that, you know, I guess the threshold in the fiat world is... Ten thousand dollars is typically the level at which a bank or a government really wants to know what you start to do with your money. Do you think Lightning will get to the point where it's common for for making these ten thousand dollar plus transactions? And uh, if so, do you suspect that we'll also have um, a KYC? Um, you know, it'll be like mandated across the board for a lot of these uh, centralized products to KYC their customers before onboarding them.
0: Well, I think I think you're very optimistic. I think <laughs> I think the from what I understand, I, don't, I actually don't pay very much attention to these things to keep me sane. But I think it's the, the bar is much lower, like a, 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 at around hundred dollars. Companies already start to get worried about not KYC users, and they start to get more KYC. I, I don't know about the regulation. The, I think the government is not very clear about what they want and. I think that's good for, in, in one side, but the companies themselves, like they start to become very much worried about about KVAC users and limiting, etc. At around 100, I don't know, 100 dollars, and yeah, I I don't know. I think I think the ecosystem needs these companies, but also needs people that are less worried about government, like jo- random people. In random countries, running servers and providing these services to 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 users and to their families and friends. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. The 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 best and worst example is Open Node, like the Open Node. Open everybody was using Open Node in the beginning because it was the only API available to run small small apps, and then they they had no KYC, and then they they started asking KYC for everybody. I don't know why they did that, but. I don't know. Yeah, right. I, I'm afraid that yeah. that will happen with everybody. So we just keep have to keep spreading around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've heard an interesting um, critique of lightning uh, recently from a few people. It was that was that you know a lightning node is essentially a money transmitter, at least in the eyes of the government. <laughs> if we're if we're routing payments through lightning channels, um, do you have any concerns that at the node operator level governments begin to you know clamp down or or is there anything they can do to prevent people from running nodes like it's it's quite challenging obviously given that we have so many hobbyists in the bitcoin and lightning space operating nodes from all over the world but uh is that is that a concern um in your eyes that at the node operator level uh it becomes like viewed as money transmitting and you all of a sudden need like some sort of license or some kind of uh you know approval to to purchase some of these nodes i i
0: think the government can do these things but not based on any reasonable rationale or anything that's logic because it would be weird like to say lightning a lightning node is a money transmitter but bitcoin is not money so the, the logic starts to break down at the first sentence, <laughs> but the government doesn't uh. need logic like it doesn't just do, <laughs> do the worst things without any explanation. Right? You can't counter the government arg- with arguments. Maybe you can do these arguments to the legislators and people in the government, but in the end, if there's someone with power that can do bad stuff, they will do. But my, my hope, like and I, what I think will happen is. That more and more government people will start to have own Bitcoin, start to like Bitcoin, they will start to not 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 want to regulate Bitcoin out of existence. If 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 the government really wanted and it was a a single agent controlling the entire government, they could kill Bitcoin very easily. But that's not the the that's not the status quo. Like that anyway. That's that's not what we have, and thankfully. I think it won't happen. Right.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, you know, argument That if if the government wants to say a lightning node is a money transmitter, they have to call Bitcoin money, and they they're just like they're almost allergic to that yeah. term right now. They, they at all costs try to avoid associating Bitcoin with money today. But, uh, anyways, um, I want to I want to shift the conversation a bit to uh, one of the projects you're working on or that you. have Design spec for I believe LNURL. Um, can you quickly just highlight to to listeners what LNURL is and what all the different specs do? Because there's a bunch of them in this this LNURL set of specs.
0: Yeah, there are four four specs basically. Uh, they were created at for different purposes, and I think they shouldn't be cl- clumped in the same thing. But like that's what they what what happened, and that's where they are. Like they all have the same name. And the thing they share in common is like they, they they you encode a URL uh, a URL in a batch 32 thing string and you turn that into a QR code that wallet can scan. It was created by Anton whatever I don't know his name Anton K something the creator of Crypton Bitcoin Wallet and mostly by him like there there was a lot of back and forth in other people but. The idea was that the first thing was he wanted to ask channels uh, he wanted his wallet to get a channel from a uh, provider. Like the first LSP that was invented was that BitRefuel Tor service. I don't know if it exists yet still. Uh, You would scan a QR Mm. code and then the wallet would know they would have to connect to the node and wait for the node to open a channel to the wallet. You couldn't do that before. There was no way to to describe that flow. And then it, he made it in an open protocol. That was called later, LNUR channel, that was the idea. Like in the normal flow, you have that offer today in maybe Bitrefill and yeah. LND and the zero fee routing guy has a page where you can buy a channel. Like all these, they sell the channels. You pay first and then you scan a QR code and then your wallet keeps connected to it. And then they open a channel to the wallet
1: there are uh, there are
0: some wallets that support this and then he wanted to the other the other purpose like the other goal was to withdraw funds from a service like in the beginning like 2012, and 2000, what's the name I don't know the numbers in years 2018 in 2019 you had these lotteries the, the, the only the only services that used lighting on the internet was these small apps that did lottery stuff that was the lighting roulette and some others and you would you would if pay, pay to play and then you deposit like 100 sets and then you run and if you win you get you get like 200 sets and then how do you get they would ask you like type based here, an invoice, a lightning invoice. And then you're, you're on your phone, and you're, you're, you're playing the game on your desktop, something like that. How do you get your invoice from your phone wallet to the desktop? That was impossible. <laughs> so he made, so nice. he made this that in your withdrawal protocol that was just the service would show a URL, uh, a QR code, you scan that with the phone, and then the phone gets a URL to which it can send the invoice through HTTP. And then the, the service just pays the invoice. And then I got yeah, it. Yeah, there's this one is was the most adopted and everybody takes it for granted. I think it's being used in a lot of places right now. And no one seems to realize how difficult it was before before this, this thing was created. And the other one is And so that's the withdrawal. Yeah, draw, yeah right? that's the withdrawal. And the other one is the pay one. The, the pay one was the one that I imagined and uh, as talked about it with phantom uh, which is just the, the the reverse flow that the service just asks you to pay and you repay but you could do this already with just an invoice, but the will pay in my mind it was it was going to be for you having a static invoice on your uh, midspace space shop something like that like a fiscal shop and and then you, you wouldn't have to create a new device every time, and also you could you could have a server running somewhere and then you could have different behavior every time someone scans that same QR code. Like and then I, I have a bunch of had a bunch of use cases and examples. And that's it. Yep. You, and then what about LNURL off? Yeah, the off one. Is that another yeah, one? I forgot that about that one. The off one is just logging into websites and uh, with a key. That's an old idea that everybody has had, and every time they do it, it's broken. That, that's, that that was a there was bit ID. I think they did it with uh, Bitcoin addresses a long time ago, and a bunch of other similar projects unrelated to Bitcoin. Yeah. But Ellenrow off is the first one that solves easily like the problem that the, the phishing attack that can exist that you. Uh, a website would would take the the login QR code from another website and show to you, and then you, you log into that, and then the website steals your credentials and log to the other website with your name. <laughs> and then LNRL solves that. But it's not related to Lightning at all, it's just a key. You just use a key, which, which happens to be a key from your Lightning wallet to, to login, in. yeah.
1: Right. So among those four, uh, you said LNUR with withdrawal is the one that is most adopted to date Yeah, I, I think it is yeah has has that's if we if we look at the adoption of all four, has there, is there anything that's really surprised you to the upside or to the downside?
0: Uh, yeah, LNUR your withdrawal was sort of surprised me. I think in the beginning, like after Anton created this, he implemented it in his own wallet and then created the protocol and wrote it on, on GitHub and posted it to the mailing list, but no one gave any attention. And then I think I got famous about being the LNUR guy because a long time after that, I, I started implementing that on LNTX bot. And then I talked to the LNP guy and, and the other guy from Lightning Gifts and convinced them to implement it and talked to a bunch of other people to implement it too. So, created a a little network effect that grew grew much much more than I expected
1: and do you expect then over time all apps in the lightning space will have have some component of URL integrated well oh, no i I think when when it's
0: when it when it fits the the use case i i think I, I think they should. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) There's all this Bolt 12 drama. (laughs) You keep asking me to predict the future, and I have no idea. (laughs) I only know what I want to happen.
1: Yeah. Okay, maybe we can get into the Bolt 12 stuff, uh, because I think there is a lot of confusion around this, and this is something that I still have a bit of confusion about. I, I hear LNURL and I hear Bolt 12 often mentioned in the same discussions, um, can you give listeners an understanding of where do these two overlap, what each one does better than the other, and, and what, what some of the potential use cases might be where Bolt 12 might be necessary or well, where LNURL auth is sufficient? Um, what are the, yeah, you know, can you break down kind of the, the similarities and differences between the two? I think they're mostly uh, compared
0: uh, and when people think of having a static QR code. This is this is what they share in common. It's a static QR code you can pay to. Like so it's com- often compared to LNRL pay. Uh, but people just say LNRL and forget to, to, to uh to say they're talking about LNRL pay. Uh, and I, I think LNRL pay was taught with business in mind, like service services that like entities, businesses, shops Stuff like that that is providing a service to a user. And Bo twelve is more like a peer to peer thing, like you you paying your friend, not 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 a uh uh it, it's more like a peer to peer solution and uh, the LNUR thing is more like a B2C solution, you know. And yeah, I think the, the confusion mm. comes from that. And people they think, oh LNUL can pay. I can have an n that pays to me but but then the boat of people will say, oh, but you have to run a server and have a domain name and that's horrible and you no one should do that but yeah, I agree it's not not it's not very not very convenient for a normal person to have a domain name and run an HTTP server along with uh, a lightning node but for businesses that's normal like for anyone that's server it's a service provider that's, that's fine and they already have websites with domain names, et cetera. So it's easy to add a new LNU thing on on, that, on their websites.
1: Mm, I see. Um, beyond Bolt 12, do you suspect that there will be other uh, new Bolts? Is there are going to be a Bolt 13, a Bolt 14 as we come up with new new things that we want to integrate into the Lightning Network Protocol?
0: I think they have a lot of boats already in mind. <laughs> if you look in the mailing it's list, there's boat 13, but I don't I don't remember what it is, but it's not, not a UX thing. It's a more, more like an internal protocol, internal thing. Mm. Uh, on the UX level, I think someone will have to come up with something for authorizing payments, like you authorize... Someone else or a business or someone else to access your node, yeah, that people have been talking about this, like access your node and make payments on your behalf under certain conditions. like this stuff has been talked about for since a long time, but no one has managed to make a protocol out of it. but also, I don't know if it, any of these things will succeed because most people will not be running lightning nodes like if you, if you, if you were a think of lightning having widespread success and adoption necessarily very few people will run nodes. So I don't know if I, that's why I'm not very interested in protocols that require people to run nodes and control keys, etc Maybe they, they they can have non-custodial phone wallets, but the phone wallets are very limited. You can't, you can't access them ever. Like they, they're only online when you're with your phone in your hand clicking on them. Otherwise they're shut down and and then to access, then you have to use the Google. Google ask Google for permission. And that that's something we shouldn't be cultivating in this space. I think.
1: Mm, interesting. Now, now for the example of LNURL and Bolt Twelve, and specifically when or LNURL Pay and Bolt Twelve. So specifically the uh, static QR code. Um, can you speak to the uh, requirements for? getting lnurl pay to uh to launch versus getting bolt 12 to launch like what are the requirements of building something into the lightning protocol how long does that process take i assume it is a longer process than just implementing lnurl pay um how, how is how is the kind of timeline the production timeline on these two ideas um how how do you compare those two well
0: lnurl pay is just it's, it's not part of the Lightning protocol. It's just a way to a, a standard for communication between a wallet and a service. And so you can, a service, I mean, like a website or a service provider on the internet. And then you can, you can just implement it. It's just a set of HTTP requests. So you can just implement that very easily. Any web developer can implement that without knowing anything about Lightning, the Lightning protocol. And they just need a node to right. talk to or, or an api a lightning api to talk to and if the wallets already supported the wallet can just scan the qr code and the wallet will do the magic that is standardized and talk to the to the server so that's very simple very simple very easy Bolt 12 is is it turns the lightning network into a gen, general purpose message passing network so you can you need for it to work seamlessly, you need most of the nodes to support the onion messages protocol. That is, allowing your peer to send messages, the like encrypted messages through, your, through you. Like, and then you use the channel as a as a way to prevent spam. So you you only accept messages from people that have channels with you. But you take these messages from anyone and you pass them to the other channel. And you don't know, you don't see the messages, but. That's the fully peer-to-peer mm-hmm. thing, and people have been worried about spend. I was, I, 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 I was worried about spam and I didn't want that. One of the, one of the things I didn't like about both 12 of incentivizes spam and turns the lightning network from a payment protocol to another thing. Yeah, but maybe there are solutions to these to these things. I don't know. <laughs> there, there was a recent mm-hmm. solution proposed that is simple enough to to probably be, be implemented. Recently, that's just uh, yeah, yeah, what else
1: okay, um, what's your assessment of the development cadence when it comes to lightning network development today like how how um are your expectations being met for how how much innovation is happening in lightning? Do you think you know we can do a better job of attracting Bitcoin developers to build on lightning? Um. What? Yeah. I, I want to get your high level assessment for like how quickly the space is innovating. Obviously, having been in the space for a number of years, you may have a, a better sense than um, than some of the listeners on here of like how quickly has development uh, changed over the last couple of years.
0: Well, I've I've been seeing. I don't know. Actually, I'm not. I'm not paying very much attention. <laughs> but. If you're asking about the protocol level, I think it's going too fast. I think it, like people should stop working on the protocol stuff and stop stop inventing new things and just fix the problems that exist. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. what I, what I what I want to see, and I've been seeing this a little more like with the examples, like some some I, I want to see uh, you like concrete use cases that touch the real world. I, I very much don't like when people when a new developer shows up and starts working on a lightning node manager or a solution for balancing channels. I I, I understand that. I also working on these things in the past. But it's very cool and, and and fun. And also you have an immediate immediate user base that's interested in the lightning network and etc. That they will start using your products right away, and you can make some money on that, or just the satisfaction of people using your stuff. But I wanted to see concrete use cases like people selling stuff and or you know, selling services or building interactive services that were not possible in the in the fiat world. Uh there there's some steps on that direction, but I think it's still very still a lot of stuff to, to be built on that direction. And also, like uh, existing businesses adopting lightning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there there were some like. You remember that open node announcement that Substack was going to adopt Lightning. I never seen anything about yeah. that later, like after that. But that that right. kind of stuff is yeah. cool. But then they, they only adopt Lightning. Like it's just another payment method along with our other payment methods, which which is fine. But I I still want to see like new experiences that the Lightning network can provide that other other stuff can't.
1: I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Voltage. Voltage is the industry standard for Lightning Network infrastructure. Creating layer two applications and services on top of Bitcoin starts with Voltage, where you can spin up nodes, get access to liquidity, optimize your node, and much more. Voltage is leading the way as the next generation provider of Lightning Network infrastructure. And if you want to get a free trial and start using Voltage today, you can do so at voltage.cloud. Yeah. That makes sense. I I think there's been there's definitely been some frustration over the last couple years of like, you know, exchanges not adopting Lightning, of uh, businesses not accepting Lightning payments right away. Um, I think even even when um, the El Salvador Bitcoin bill went into play, there were a lot of people thinking, oh, you know, we're going to get immediate Lightning adoption everywhere. And I think I think people are still a little bit frustrated. Of you know, we, we may only be at 10% 10% or 20% or, or a fraction of the country um, adopting lightning payments. Um, do, do you think that the, the road to getting people to adopt lightning payments is in coming up with those new use cases that are not possible on fiat rails, mostly being like micropayments and things like that, things that require instant payments, things that require uh, very low fees on very small payments? Um, or or do you suspect that we'll see lightning payments uh, come in on on regular things that people buy like a, at your grocery store or you know buying a pair of shoes or buying gas or something like that where we do have a fiat solution, but it does cost uh, you know it does there is a, a fee associated with it and there is delays in the in the background. Um, where do you think lightning adoptions to come from mostly new use cases or, uh the existing use cases that are just gonna be improved
0: well, I think it will come through everything because I think bitcoin will be the only money in the entire world, but I think the way to put our door in the in the put our feet on the door <laughs> is to uh is to make these new use cases that were not possible before, and then we through these examples we convince the rest of the things to adopt lightning to like for normal normal stuff mm-hmm. yeah one one of the use cases like that you didn't cite is the the, the fact that users can not get paid by the services like in the normal field what you, you're a user you're browsing some content on the internet and stuff like that and you can only send money you can never get money out and uh, so yeah with light, you can get money out and there are a million use cases for that I think
1: I agree I think that's one of the sections that I'm most bullish on is is people getting paid for using services that they already use and they have no idea that the value being extracted from them um, is worth something like that the, their you know their data on Facebook is worth something that their their time on Instagram is worth something and I think I think there's a a big opening for a lot of social products to offer users the ability to earn right away. Like we're seeing some of this in, you know, like stacker news and uh, fountain and some of these products that allow people to earn from day one. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a really good bootstrap mechanism uh, to get users excited and go, Whoa, I can, you know, my, my time's actually worth something now. And of course, lightning is the, you know, the rails that allows you to effectively monetize your time. Um, so I'm with you on that 100%. Um, I want to I talk a little bit about one protocol you're working on that is not a Lightning-specific protocol, uh, not a Bitcoin-specific protocol. It is called Noster. Um, and the way you describe Noster uh, is a, the the simplest open protocol that is able to create a censorship-resistant, Global social network once and for all. For listeners who haven't heard of Noster, um, can you can you give them a, a bit more of an in depth explanation of exactly what it is and how it works?
0: So, yeah, uh, it's a it's a very simple protocol for for connecting to people. Like, it's a transport layer for connecting connecting people and spreading information using using. Uh, public key crypto cryptography and servers that there are like servers that anyone can run and, and that's it. it 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 what how do i say it's not a peer-to-peer protocol because it, it one user it's not supposed to ever connect directly to the other user they only do it through servers and it at the same time it is a decentralized protocol in the sense that anyone can run these servers and you you can use any server. You're you not tied to a, ser- a specific server, although you, sh- you, you probably will use some specific servers more than others, but you're not tied to them and they do not own your identity like in the Mastodon use case for example.
1: Yeah, I see. So rather than me connecting to Facebook's server and then connecting to you, It's me connecting to one of many servers which I can choose from or I can kind of, you know, migrate between if I want to and then connecting to you. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what makes this protocol simpler than all the others? That that was (laughs) one of the lines that is is in the first line on on GitHub is that this is the simplest open protocol. What what features make it so simple? Well, it's just send a signed
0: message to the server and the server will send a signed message to the other person and the other person can ask, "Oh, I want you to see the message from, like Bob can ask, ask the server, oh, send me a message from Alice and Alice can say, send me a message from Bob and here's a message from Bob and that's it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very it's very simple because uh, it's it just uses web technologies like JSON and Web sockets and that's it not nothing else and all these peer to peer peer to peer protocols they are super complicated and they do not work very well <laughs> like if you have a unless you have a server with a fixed i p it's very hard to get peer to peer working and it's very hard to discover people because you don't know like you want to send a message to someone else that's somewhere you don't know where that person is, so you have to there are all sorts of ways of Asking other nodes if they know this other person and passing the message around and everything is very inefficient and everything's very slow and most of the times it doesn't work. So that's why I think all these peer-to-peer protocols that have been tried before, they never get that. They always fail to get traction because it's the experience is very bad. And in this in this case, it's just the same experience that Twitter provides or Facebook provides, but in a decentralized protocol
1: way. Mm. Now, I initially when I saw and started reading about Nostr, I thought it was something like Facebook or Twitter. But um, I've since seen a lot of uh, interesting use cases pop up on Twitter. I think I heard of someone building a chess app on Nostr. Um, I had a conversation with Arcade City um, uh, about a week ago, and they are building a decentralized ride-sharing app. They're using Nostr as a messaging protocol. Um so it seems like noster is spreading far beyond the traditional definition of social media. Um what what portion of the communication on the internet can noster eat into or disrupt?
0: Well, I, I don't know but <laughs> Yeah, I think it it can eat a lot and most most things that require an identity, I think. And you can you can be a the owner of that identity and stuff that requires reputation, for example, the the ride sharing stuff, I think it would benefit from the reputation. And, and mostly stuff that is that is public, like you just broadcast stuff, and you don't care if other people are reading or not. Although there are there are some other sub protocols that that uh, encrypt the stuff and try to hide stuff, to do DMs, for example. But yeah, I think I think of it as a Agnostic protocol, agnostic transport layer, that some use cases like these, I say, I cited, they can benefit from. They can use Noster.
1: Hmm. What, What impact do you think everyday consumers might feel if they're using a Noster powered app? Versus a you know like a web two app with a central server are there any are there going to be any noticeable differences on the user experience or or like do you think consumers will be gravitating towards applications that use Noster over other protocols
0: uh, again, you keep asking me these questions I don't know <laughs> I think, <laughs> think Noster is very fun that the one one thing that people. Yeah, I don't know. I think there are some people that are very mad against these these decentralized protocol networks like the Twitter, Facebook, etc. They're very mad against these things, but they keep using because there's no other way and everybody's there. So I think they can stop being mad at these things. And (laughs) If they are mad about the relay they're using or the set of relays they're using, they can just migrate to the other one. And yeah, the the apps are not super good still, but... uh, yeah, but but yeah, we we need more developers making more apps and improving the apps that exist and making them better. But I think the experience could be better, much better than than Twitter, Facebook, etc. For example, when I click on my notifications on Twitter, like it takes ten seconds to load. <laughs> That's very weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah in so the fact, we, it's open, allows for people to make new new. I, I, one thing I've heard, uh, I've had, I've read a lot on the internet, very much, very m- multiple times, was that Twitter was in the beginning. I think it had a much open, very open API that a lot of people wrote apps for that, and there, it, it, it had a growing ecosystem of interesting apps that use Twitter as its back uh, their, as their backbone. Like, and there could be something like that, and then the traditional. Uh, Programmers from Hacker News and stuff like that, and they like this kind of stuff, and they could they could benefit from using Noster. and Twitter. Like the the rest of the stories that Twitter closed their APIs and made everything much harder, and everybody was angry. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Noster could be nope. seen as a message board, an open message board you can use for anything. And I think many many more apps could be invented, and also apps that people from the peer-to-peer world that have been trying to build for years and they never managed to get it working, these apps working, because peer-to-peer doesn't work very well. They can be built by not server very well.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I can definitely see the advantage of, of having an open protocol and, and attracting developers to build on it and not being concerned that some company is going to shut them off. Um, how do you how do you bootstrap the network effect of I guess developers and users like how do you get how do you get to the point where where Noster is recognized as like the platform for people to build this like open web on?
0: Again, I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's it's already much more bootstra- bootstrap than I expected. I, I didn't expect Nostra to to be so popular at this point. Like <laughs> it was just a, a very humble idea immediately a lot of people started liking it so i th- i am very much more optimistic now because of all the people that saw the idea when i just I, mean, I mentioned it first like a very high percentage liked the idea and I started building it and was excited by the idea so when this i think i i expect this to this like when as the idea reaches more people more people will be excited and will start building on it and I don't know. I'm I'm very optimistic. Uh, I I am generally not yeah. very optimistic about this thing, but this time I am.
1: Were there any discussion points or um, any specific things you said that that got people excited? Like when when discussing this with other people, what were they? What made their eyes light up?
0: Oh, I didn't discuss very much. I just posted links <laughs> on Twitter and stuff. And uh, JJB five five he he always says. I think he said this in in this show too, like about the the readme I wrote on the Nostra GitHub page. He said that was very, very good. I don't know. I think most people yeah. read that and somehow they they like. It. I, I'm not I'm not sure what I wrote there. I never read again after writing. <laughs> so,
1: fair enough. Um, okay, I, I do want to. Tangentially, kind of discuss the idea of a peer-to-peer internet. You're you're talking about how, like that, the idea of like computers connecting to other computers directly without any central servers probably won't work. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about why uh, that approach is not the right approach, and why Nostr is uh, allows people to connect to you know multiple different relay nodes, but not. Is not built on a direct peer-to-peer connection between uh, different computers.
0: Well, I'm I'm not very familiar with the low-level details, but my understanding is that there are too many computers, and if you don't have an address to them, you you can't reach them. And in these peer-to-peer network networks, you don't have. I can consume consumer devices, phones, and home computers. You generally don't have a fixed fixed address. And if you have, there are all sorts of firewalls and stuff in the middle that prevent people from the external world to contacting you, uh, like your ISP or your router, and and generally your lack of a static IP, all these things make it very hard for people to connect to you. And and also, it, it wouldn't work either way because in a decentralized world, you generally don't want to connect directly to someone if it if it was just connecting to someone that would be easier but generally you want to find data that someone has published it or data that multiple people have published it. the idea of ipfs you know you've heard that about that ipfs is the holy grail of peer to peer stuff that's everybody publishing everything to and everything is reachable uh, et cetera. but it doesn't work because there's too many pieces of data and you don't know what where that data is, and then they they come up with like that data is spread around multiple computers, but you don't know which computers, and you don't you can't reach these computers. So they came up with the DHT stuff that you you use to ask, oh, do you know where's this piece of data? And then you can do you must do that a million times to get a file. <laughs> and then you the other per, the, the peer you're asking through it, they they may not know, so you have to find another peer and ask to another peer, etc. And yeah, there are all sorts of quirks mm-hmm. and in in the end, it becomes a huge bloat. And if you run an a IPFS node on your computer, it will use all your entire connection, like you use your entire CPU, just talking to other nodes about where pieces of data that it doesn't know, like <laughs> people ask, nodes asking other nodes about pieces of data, but the Ethereum people and Other peer-to-peer enthusiasts that that, like IPFS, they only use the the gateways. There there are some public gateways that cache everything they see. And then you just talk to that gateway. Oh, you know this data? Oh, of course I know. Here's the data. And do you know this other data? Yes, I know. (laughs) And then it all works. (laughs) But it's not real peer-to-peer that's working. If you try to do the real peer-to-peer stuff, as I tried many times before, uh, it doesn't work.
1: I'm curious to know what your views are on uh, hole punch. Have you had a chance to look at that? That's the recent project uh, that uh, the tether family of companies have been working on.
0: Yeah, um, I, I tried the KeyTap. and I I think I've I've I spoke to one of the developers like right, related to the ecosystem there, and he he convinced me that as more a little bit of the DHT may work to like to find peers, but it, it definitely doesn't work to find data. But if you if you can use like, but it, it, instead of a DHC, you could use a central server and it would be okay. Like it's just to serve as a bridge. So you can establish a direct connection to another peer. And after you establish a direct connection, then it's very good. that It's very uh, like very fast and straightforward. And it, that's the best way like to, to transmit data is to to have a direct connection. So, if you have a, a way to coordinate these things, to to find the the to find the other peer, and then you establish a direct connection, and then you can send a lot of data to the other peer and vice versa. So, I think the stuff like stuff like that. The, the Kit app it has like video calls. I think yeah. it would be nice to integrate that inside inside the Notion app. For example, you do you do a Twitter Spaces thing. Inside our social networking app, and then like only for those restricted people that join the Twitter spaces, you you use some magic to con- to establish their connection to them, and then you you share video and audio. I think it could work in that way.
1: Mm, I see. So for for use cases that demand a lot of data, like video calling, maybe that's a a great use case for hole punch, but but discovering this data and being able to find it anywhere, that that is where Nostra excels. Do I have that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, I want to get into uh, some of the blog posts. You, you're, you're a thought leader as well as a developer. Uh, you've written a number of blog posts on, uh, on lightning topics, uh, and I want to get into a couple of them. Uh, I know these are from a couple of years ago, but I want to I get your assessment of like, uh, how things have transitioned since then. Um, one of the first ones that I saw was a it was a critique of the value for value idea. Um, and I think you wrote this article a while ago uh, on why it was on, on why the idea of value for value and the idea of donations is uh, misguided. Um, just going to quickly highlight my impression of the article. Uh, I think your arguments boil down to like. It's very hard to define value um, uh, you know donations are a very inefficient business model and and I think the conclusion was that creators would be better off selling content um, first, I want to get your assessment. Do I have that right, and have your views on value for value changed at all in the last you know year or so uh,
0: I think it's yeah it's partly correct uh, assessment it did, they didn't change, but they also weren't very well-defined in the first place and they still are not like they still are not i just it's just a yeah ask ask the question (laughs) what's the next question (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: i well i mean i'm trying to understand i guess what um the future of this value for value movement looks like like as a creator like i'm i'm experiencing this from a lot of different apps and and they use a lot of different strategies for monetizing content. It's not always pure value for value. Like I think the podcasting apps are are pretty much in line with this vision of value for value. But then when you ex- extend outwards from the podcasting apps, you have a lot of different uh, approaches that teams are taking to help people monetize content Um, one of them is, uh, for example, mash, I have a, I have a section on my site where I can, uh, paywall a transcript, a one-time paywall on So anyone can read a transcript for, I think it's about $2 right now of any of these episodes. So for example, a listener listening to this, instead of listening to the full episode, they could just go to my website, read a 10 minute transcript and, uh, be done with it. And, and, you know, that's a way to monetize that, uh, I'd love to just get your assessment on like where, what direction you think creators should be focusing on in this like value for value lightning monetization ecosystem. Nice. Well, I, had, I hadn't seen that. I think
0: that's the direction why I was hinting at like this, this thing mm-hmm. of selling a small, a small paywall, putting a small paywall on content. And there are other things like, um sending comments that that show up on the podcast somehow I think there's a boost yes. boost something that they made <laughs> that, yeah boost programs. Yeah, yeah that's the idea i think this is small yeah. these small things they they have much more potential than just donations but but I don't know yeah maybe yeah. I think the donation the right. value for value thing is it came from from that podcast guy I forgot his name like he has the, he invented this concept and yes which to me is just another name for a donation but he will say it's not a donation it's value for value but I think that's not sound economic theory <laughs> but yeah it works for him like donation works for a bunch of people but I think for most people it won't work and think these other things are more interesting and they are they also more cool to, to to do like they i think they can bring more more excitement excitement to the to the to the users and I, I i'm not very familiar with the twitch twitch people like people that stream games and other stuff on twitch but i've i've heard about a lot of different things they do like they they sell first they sell like the you you pay something and then you write something on the screen or there's a voice reading what you said, what you wrote or stuff like that. That that's captured a little by the Zebedee streamer product. right? I hope it would be yeah. Like hope you'll be eating more of more more and more of that market as the time passes and including more features too. But there are other things like there's a lottery thing that you do on Twitch chat and you pay something. But they do it this with points like Twitch points, which is very bad because this like these Twitch points just become a very bad form of money that these people do. Like <laughs> it's very very. Yeah, they, exactly. they earn all these points and they they can do nothing with these points except like waste their times. <laughs> if they were earning satoshis or and then they would pay satoshis to the creator et with without which taking thirty uh, percent of the of the of all the money would be much better. There is like they sell these people they sell like it's not selling because no one says no one wants to say oh I'm selling rights to my to my to my to my personal but they, they say oh you're a supporter so you earn something you earn the right to say something or you earn the right to play a game against me uh, in live in the in the live stream and stuff like that. On, on on podcasts the 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 comment stuff I think I like the the idea of uh podcast the, the listeners suggesting topics and suggesting questions by by sending payments and stuff like that's very good it filters out spend filters out that stuff but also you shouldn't commit like the, the podcast host shouldn't commit to asking all the questions that come with money They they must exercise some discretion yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I see there are there are many possibilities. And probably a lot more that I haven't thought about, and th- these are much more interesting than than just donations, donations, donations. And I, I, donations are, are, are good too. Like more, many people will do donations, and that's fine. But I think the, there's an excessive focus on donations as the only way to do stuff and then they come with the value for value theory and they they need a value for very book to throw on people that say donations are not very good etc
1: <laughs> okay interesting so so i i guess you know you're maybe not so bullish on the idea of donations as the only kind of mo- monetization strategy that someone uses but in tandem with things like comments and with other strategies you think maybe you know it, it's not it's, it's not a bad idea to have a donation option. It's just, I think, if I understand you correctly, your your point is just that um, it's not the monetization method that's going to fix all of a creator's problems.
0: Yeah. I, I also don't know if what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe that's a good summary. Maybe not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, I also want another question on, uh, you know, I'm starting to see... A more a standardized approach to some of these, you know, whatever we want to call them, donations or boosts or, or tips or whatever. Um, across the Lightning ecosystem, I've, I've started to see boost buttons um, pop up and, uh, you know, like a number of teams, I believe, are working on them. Um, I believe, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to send a boost through like Albi. MASH has a boost button um stacker news has the lightning bolt of course you just click it and it boosts automatically um i wonder if if there's a a standardized button that like tips or boosts a set amount that everyone knows and it's kind of like a, a ecosystem standard like if we agree you know 10 cents is what uh, a boost is going to be do you think that eliminates some of the problems associated with people trying to define the value they get out of something and they can quickly go, Hey, you know, here's 10 cents, here's 10 cents, here's 10 cents. Mm. Um, Or like, I'm just kind of brainstorming here, but I I think that might be, you know, one way to eliminate some of the mental overhead associated with making payments on lightning. Because I, I think one of the points you made in that article for value for value was, was a good one that like people do have a hard time determining what, value they get out of something and it would be helpful if we had an easier tool for people to like default to um i wonder what you think what kind of impact you think that might have on uh, the monetization I think, for the new i think it
0: could help yeah i think it could help but i, I don't think it would solve because people would do multiple boosts so <laughs> oh i boosted five times and, <laughs> and then yeah. i boosted only one time <laughs> But I think it would help. Yeah, on, on Stacker News, for example, if you click once, you pay one set. So that's very, that's very low for most of the cases. But also, in most of the cases, people don't deserve any sets so, for for shit posting. Yeah. So yeah. So, again, I don't know. I have a very very hard time figuring out the the experience I have. Like when in the beginnings of LNTX bot was like people were starting to tip everybody in Telegram chats and. I started doing it too because I had never done then I stopped doing it because it was so weird. I would tip someone and then someone would tip me and know uh, <laughs> that the same person I had just tipped they would tip me back so, so the the tip meant nothing so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh interesting i I think we're gonna find out a, a lot about how humans deal with money in the next like decade as people start to have much more um they can they can use their money much quicker and they can like spend it and receive it in, in many different ways. I think we'll learn a lot about people's habits for how they like to spend money and what gets people to give someone else money. And, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot in this. Um, I want to finish this off with a uh, segment I do at the end of every show called the lightning round. A few rapid fire questions. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Welcome to the lightning round presented by Zebedee, your portal into the world of Bitcoin gaming. The Zebedee app offers a full featured lightning wallet seamlessly integrated with your own personal gamer tag so that you can earn Bitcoin on all of Zebedee's games on mobile and desktop. It's never been more fun to earn Bitcoin and Zebedee is your key to it all. To claim your personal gamer tag and start earning some Bitcoin of your own, Download the Zebedee app today. Okay, so I know you're full of all sorts of ideas rattling around in your head about Bitcoin and Lightning, and you've been working on a lot of different projects. What is one idea you wish someone would build in Bitcoin which has not been built yet?
0: Oh Jesus Christ! I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I want to see Hive Mind, the prediction prediction market. Let me say again, prediction market stuff. That Paul Storch invented, I think that is a huge idea with lots of potential for changing, making the world better in multiple ways, and no mm-hmm. one cares about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Hive HiveMind and like prediction markets built on Lightning is that the idea?
0: Yeah, HiveMind is a decentralized thing. It has its own blockchain and hopes to use drive chain to move Bitcoin to that, but. I think it has to be a decentralized thing, like a censorship-resistant thing. Could can't be a service because the government will shut down the service, and it, very easily. Governments don't like prediction markets, so. But um, yeah, we, we we must find a solution for this and build it.
1: I think another one of those in the same line of thinking, like I haven't seen any sports betting apps built on Lightning, and I imagine that would be a pretty strong use case there's just you know obviously like people's tendency to gamble and want to bet is obviously it's pretty much universal and there's seems to be demand for betting products in all sorts of areas of crypto i'm curious know what like i wonder if you know why why i haven't seen a betting app launch on lightning like there there, to me there hasn't doesn't seem to be many of them today
0: yeah me too yeah i I built one but it wasn't properly sports it was betting on events but it was very bad Uh, (laughs) but there was a one called micro bet before but it was also very bad because the amounts we couldn't choose the how the ratio you bet yeah but we we need someone to make one that is centralized so the government will shut it down very easily
1: and then we make one that is decentralized (laughs) That's the progression of events i guess (laughs) yeah um if you could change one thing about Bitcoin, what would it be? Oh, hmm.
0: these questions. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I should should have some way of preventing people from spamming the chain, yeah, or compensating the node people that run nodes for storing other people's data for free forever. But I don't know. I, I don't think there is a solution for that. Mm. Yeah, but a, a, a actual change that it would be possible, I don't know. I think there's no change
1: needed. Mm. Um, are, are there any books that have changed your view of the world?
0: Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was there was any any books. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, and final question: um, If you could only hold one asset for the next ten years and it <laughs> could not be Bitcoin, what would it be?
0: Um, Jesus Christ! These questions are too hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe gold. Yeah. Maybe gold. Okay, yeah. I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I really enjoyed this discussion. Even some of the really hard questions, of course, I enjoy asking them and you had some great answers. Um, <laughs> where can people go to learn more about you and the, the work that you do?
0: Well, fiatjaf.com,
1: Fijaf. I mean, I'm, I'm named at FHF everywhere. So that's it. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Thank you. In the last seven days, you guys have sent in 12,296 sats, and that came in from 80 different supporters. Thank you to everyone who has been sending in sats and comments, it means a lot. Uh, I've also just learned that the number of sats that are displayed on my dashboard does not include the LNPay or Lightning address payments that uh, people have been sending in to my Lightning address, that's KERook at fountain.fm. So add on those, uh, I don't have a full total for those, but the number is larger than the number that I announce every week. Um, Oh, we're up to 12,307. Sats just keep streaming it. Let's run through the top five supporters of the week. First one is Julie City. Julie was on the show in episode 42, I believe, talking about OpenNode, sent in 2,450 sats. An anonymous user at Castomatic sent in 1,511 sats. Stemr42 sent in 1,218 sats. Mary Oscar sent in 1,000 sats. And Turla sent in 534 sats. Uh, We got a few comments this week as well. Uh, First is from Sir Brian of London on episode 64 with Joe Consorti on the time value of the Lightning Network. Brian says, uh, there is one systemic risk I didn't hear mentioned, the possibility that core software of the Lightning Network contains a catastrophic flaw, allowing a large draining attack. Brian, I, I've got to say, I'm not sure about the uh, the technical side of this and the security risks of the Lightning Network. Um, this, this particular discussion with Joe wasn't really geared towards the assessing the security risks of Lightning, but that's a good idea for another episode. So thank you for sending in that comment. Uh, I personally don't have the insight to share much on that topic, but I will start looking for some guests who can come on and talk about, you know, what are those security risks and what, what are the, um, you know, what, what do we as uh, Lightning developers and builders and uh, the Lightning community, what do we have to worry about? What do we have to think about when designing this protocol? Uh, so thank you for the question and the sats. Lotus 99 says, great information. I look forward to learning more about Arcade City. I stumbled across their project a few years back. And this is in response to episode 63 with Christopher David. Uh, Jing Zhao says, uh, sent in a comment in another language. Unfortunately, I cannot read that. Uh, I don't even know what language it is to translate it. They sent in two sats as well. So thank you for the sats. Um, T-A-C-E sent a fire emoji and 25 sats. Milsen sent in three fire emojis and 98 sats. Black Lotus 99 says, thanks for this very informative conversation on episode 56 with Gigi. And Julie says, hey guys, fantastic pod. This is in response to episode 45 with Daniel Buckner. Uh, Julie says, had flashbacks to working on ISO 20022 payment specs circa 2010. Uh, they might be implemented by 2045. I've recently left OpenNode and TBD has captured my imagination. Not the easy path, but the right path. Cheers, Julie. Thank you, Julie, for sending in a comment and the sats. Um, all the best with uh, with your next work after, after OpenNode uh, and hope we can do another podcast episode together soon. That's all for the comments of the week. Thank you again to everyone sending in sats and comments. It means a lot and it's really cool to see this value for value movement ticking up on my show. We got 80 different supporters in the last week. Very cool to see. So thank you again for everyone tuning in. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what you guys send in next week. I should have another episode out in a couple days. See you soon.